Alright, we're back. This is your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. Episode 44, segment 2. Alright, so... This is going to be a packed show, but... Because time isn't... Is not on my side right now. I'm recording this at like almost 11 o'clock. I wanted to record it early, but I was really into the game. So, sometimes I do record, like, during a game. Like, if I'm watching, like, maybe a game. But sometimes when I'm in the Cel- watching the Celtics, I I really get into it. And and I, I, ra- I don't want to be, like, sidetracked and, like, put out subpar content. I'm trying, you know, sometimes, like, when I'm... You know, when I'm alone, I'll, like, try to, like, hear what I could, like, improve on. As I'm, I was actually hearing, like, a few episodes while I was listening. To, uh, when I was, before I was going to record today, I was listening for a few episodes. Because there's a few things I want to improve on. And so I'm trying to, like, put out the best content. So I've been trying to listen to, you know, past episodes and trying to expand things, let's just say. So, I know I'm a work in progress, but every day, practice makes perfect. Eventually, I will definitely improve on things and I will work. Because a lot of this stuff, there's a lot to it outside of just, like, pressing the record button. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of researching on certain things, figuring out what's best to record and what's not best to record. It's a lot that goes into it. So every day I'm trying to perfect it, make it better, improve, so that way I can put out the best content and you know eventually grow the channel. To astronaut, like I said, I wanted to come back for a reason because I wanted to do better than what I did before. And then sometimes I'm looking at some of these episodes. I'm like, all right, I'm, I could do a little bit better than what I've been doing. So I will, I will try to improve. I mean, not that I will try. I will try to make the best content I could possibly can. Obviously, just bear with me. I'm still a work in progress, and even though I, I took a long time out, it was probably like a good year or so, sometimes you generate a lot of rust. I think probably before I stopped recording, I was, I had a few clean episodes where I wasn't being so repetitive. I think the biggest thing with me is is me being repetitive. I have to like improve on that, so I will try to improve that. What's the weird thing is I think I'm a better writer than than a than a speaker, which that sounds kind of backwards. You sh- maybe you should be a better speaker than writer, but like for me, I'm probably a better writer than speaker. So if you, like I said, this is my last plug. If you obviously, if you want to see my writing skills, check out my website. Check all my articles. Check all my breaking news updates. I will have breaking news updates weekly. So that's a lot. I promise that was the last plug. But, um, alright, but anyways, let's get to the content. Kind of just rambled a little bit. 
But I do like to like show a little bit of my personal side and my personality. So I do like to bring that out so people can understand where I, where I come from and my background and all that. But anyways, college basketball started on Tuesday. Obviously, if you're not familiar with how I do things as far as like covering college basketball, I, I cover all the teams in, locally in the New England region. Basically, every college team in Massachusetts I cover, every college team in New Hampshire I cover, every college team in Vermont I cover, every team in Maine I cover, even though they're pretty bad. Like, I, I don't remember a Maine team or a University of Maine team really doing well in basketball ever, but anyways, I do cover them. Um, um, I cover teams in Rhode Island, and I cover teams in Connecticut, so... Is there a state I didn't mention? I think New Hampshire. I think, yeah, I also cover New Hampshire. So, out of all those five to six states that I cover, like, I'm going to pretty much give you weekly updates on... I won't cover every school every week. Like I said, and it's not It's not going to be a podcast every week. It's probably going to be a podcast maybe... Maybe, I mean, it's going to be a lot of content. I mean, there's a lot of games going on, and good thing I have the ability to, like, watch a lot of these games. I did um, uh, purchase um, an ESPN Plus subscription, so that definitely helps with just, like, covering everything all along with the highlights and everything. But in order to get deep diving on the players, it's really um, an investment to, like, um, subscribe to ESPN Plus. And if anyone's interested, I mean, all you got to do is go on ESPN.com. Um, they usually should have, like, a um, thing. Even when on the games, you go to the schedule, ESPN, you, you click on, you want to get ESPN+. Plus. That's for people that really are diehard fans. Like, if you're a diehard fan, I would I would subscribe to it because it's, like, only, like, $5 a month. So, like, anybody can afford $5 a month. You, you're basically getting an extra 20, 30 games that you can stream online. So it's basically a streaming service. All, I mean, I'm a cord cutter, so personally, I, I mean, for me, it's, like, convenient because I could just throw it on my Roku box, and I could just watch it, you know, whenever I want to. It's pretty much on-demand as well. So all that's good, and, yep, on-demand you can watch the replay if you miss the game. So a lot of that is how I can do a lot of my research as well on a lot of these teams that aren't aren't going to be able to be on national television. Like you got teams like Central Connecticut State, which technically I have to cover because it's in the New England area. They're not going to be on TV at all, barely. Sacred Heart, they're not going to be on TV. Fairfield, they're not going to be on TV. Like. Probably the teams that you might catch on TV is UConn, Providence. They are they are on Fox, you know, the Fox stations because they Fox covers Big East basketball. Um, Boston College sometimes can get on ESPN from time to time. Vermont, not really. They're probably not a team that can get national um, consideration, but they are playing well of late. Uh, we'll get into that. So I mean, yeah, it's gonna be. Um, mostly UConn, you'll see, I'll probably cover UConn more than anything else, because they're right now, ranked right now, they're ranked 24 in the country, 
Providence, and BC. I think BC's been really good. Vermont, um, which are pretty much, I just named four of the top five <laughs> of the top ten. Those are the four of the top five. Um, if you want to find out the rest, obviously, uh, just check out the list that's on the website. Um, so let's get started. Let's start with UConn. Um, I think UConn's size and defense is what what makes them uh, an intriguing team. And defensively, they got a lot of versatility. They got a lot of guys that are mobile, that have size. Um, when I was looking at uh, some of the footage, um, they don't have a ton of well-known guys. I think one NBA draft prospect is Andre Jackson. Um, mostly, they're a veteran team, so they got a guy named uh, Isaiah Whaley, they got um, R.J. Cole, which is, he was a transfer, and he gives them pretty much the scoring punch they need offensively, and they got a lot of other defensive pieces that they are, that are very good, that can, um, cause a lot of havoc on that on the defensive end of the floor and their, their athleticism is amazing they can get out in transition um, obviously when you're playing against Central Connecticut State you're obviously going to look really really good we we'll have to see how they look against other teams outside of that right now their non-conference schedule is soft I'll definitely um, keep you updated Particularly, if I don't have a pod, then I will keep you updated on the website of what's their next game. And bear with me um, on the pages on the website. If you go on the website and you check the pages out, I have to update those. So I will be updating those within the upcoming weeks. So look out for that to be uploaded. I mean, to up to be updated where you can pretty much check, you know, you know the top recruits that school for each school in the state like i literally have it listed every school is in the state pretty much information on the recruiting news their next game or their top next game um all kinds of stuff where they're located so any anyone that especially if it's like someone that's maybe like a high school student that wants to know a little bit of information on that school or really just Basic stuff, not really like it's not a deep dive, but it's just basic stuff on the school and pretty much just current news on it. That's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, pretty much every school in the New England region is covered on that. On those, uh, low, and you'll find that on the on the NCAA tab, which is listed on like top of the site where you open up the um, drop down box. You'll find NCAA, and then you'll look up Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, and that's where you'll find, um, which I believe that, I might be mistaken, the local tab. The local tab might have the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. I think I just list them all in states, or where they're, where they're located at, the schools. So you can check that out once you visit the website. But uh, it's definitely well designed. It's definitely organized and everything. But as uh, far as UConn, they looked good in the first game. 
Um, I look for them to be a, definitely a tough team to beat because, like I just mentioned, their defensive versatility, their athleticism, how they can get on transition. There was a lot of, I mean, there was a one of their um, forwards that he was handling the ball, got it pretty much from half court. He was handling the ball, dished it off to the big guy, and this is this is your like your four man doing all this. Like, they got a lot of versatility on the offensive end. They have a lot of versatility on the defensive end. Probably, I would say probably a weakness for them is their shooting overall as a team. They're not the best shooting team, but they're extremely athletic. They're a very good slashing team. And they're a very good passing team. I think RJ Cole's probably their best scorer and best pure shooter. But other than that, they really struggle all around in that area. In order for them to be great, they have to really be great on the defensive end, block shots, be active, rebound the ball, get uh, get lot, get those loose balls and those 50-50 balls. And I think they'll be a very good team this year. But I think the Big East is competitive. So, I mean, obviously you got Villanova as the top dog in the Big East, so they got to worry about them before anything else. And then after Villanova, it's pretty much a – a wide open league, and I think UConn's one of those top teams. I, mean, I think Seton Hall's another good team in there as well so that you have to keep an eye on in, in the Big East. But other than that, it, it's pretty much wide open in the Big East. Uh, Providence, uh, what I'll mention, is the next team. They're also in the Big East. They got a few good pieces. Um, Nate Watson's probably their best player. Um, the big guy, he's like 6'10, 260. Um, strong, defensive-minded, uh, big. Gives them toughness, physicality. Um, very good rebounder. Double-double machine. Not like the... I wouldn't say he's an, a, like a scorer score, but he can score in the post. Give you some insights going here and there. Um, another guy that they go to is A.J. Reeves. looking at Jason Tatum's uh, post-game interview, but I'm looking I'm looking at Providence as a team that probably will be maybe a top five team in the Big East. I mean, which is pretty good for a competitive league like the Big East. That's definitely going to give you a chance to probably get an NCAA tournament bid. I had them number two on my um, top ten list. Just because of their pure athleticism all around, and they got good perimeter play with Reeves, and they got a they believe they got a transfer from Indiana as well that played well in the past two games as well. So look out for Providence to really make some noise come March. They definitely have a good all around team as well. They're freshmen. They got a few freshmen that are pretty good as well, or really like sophomores or you know guys that. Didn't play that much last year, but they're definitely showing out the past couple of games or the past two games that they played, and they've been they've been successful. They're two and zero right now, so UConn's one and zero. So the next team that I was really, really, really impressed with was Boston College. I have the number five on my uh, top ten list, mainly because of their athleticism. Their athleticism and really just like they're all around size. I think they're one of the bigger teams that you'll find. Um, 
the guy that really is that could be a complete X factor for them, whether whether it'll be a ten win team or to a possible seventeen to eighteen win team where they could be knocking on their door come March on the bubble would be DeMar Langford. DeMar Langford is the key for them. Um, he's the brother of Makai um, Makai Ashton Langford, which he was a he was a Providence commit that uh, transferred to BC. He transferred to BC, I think, the, a year before Demar Langford recruited to BC, and and I I covered it. I mean, I covered Demar Langford. Um, it was about two years ago. That was probably the last time I was regularly covering, you know, the recruiting trail and all that. And BC was able to commit to him, and I think that was, well, he was able to commit to BC, and that was a huge get because this is a guy that was a four-star prospect coming out, um, local guy, but. But he played for Brewster Academy. So this was a, a, a tremendous gift for BC. One of the biggest gifts that they got in a long time. You have to give Christian a lot of credit for that, even though he's out the door and a new head coach is in there. And just you have to give um, the new coach, Grant, a lot of credit for keeping him there because a lot of guys jump ship once, you know, Christian, uh, uh, Jim, Jim Christian got fired. Um, Grant was able to at least kind of maintained some stability in the program was able to keep the Langfords which that was huge because that's one of their you know better you know prospects that they've ever gotten in BC basketball history to be able to get that type of piece and then probably the last guy I would say that was is pretty much as high as a recruit is probably maybe uh, uh, Jared Dugley Sean Marshall, those type of days, the Al Skinner days, where they were, you know, they had some times where they were pretty good, and they, I think they made it to the Sweet 16, I think Craig Smith was a part of that team, that's the last time that BC was successful at basketball, I mean, they had to go a ways away for that, a ways down the road for that, that was like maybe 15, almost 20 years ago, like, maybe 2004, 2005, I think, so that's a long time that BC's been pretty bad at basketball, pretty mediocre at basketball. Um, they had a few good players here and there. Tyrese Rice, which we uh, know he's playing in Europe right now. Last time I checked, he was playing in Europe, but I don't know if he's still playing in Europe, but or he's retired or whatever. I'm getting like, this is a long time since he was playing on, you know, BC. This is just tell you that I'm a BC fan. Like, I literally remember a lot of the the old BC players and I'm like at the time I was only like what 14 13 years old when I was watching them I was I've been a Boston College fan for a long time like just or just I regularly watch it because that's pretty much the only division one college in in town in Boston so it's they're pretty they're pretty good basketball team right now 2-0 2-0 is, is definitely, I don't care who you're 2-0 against, that's pretty pretty good. The way the way they've been playing is the is what I like. They've been shellacking these teams that they played. I mean, the last game that they played was against Holy Cross, which was la- uh, tonight. And they were up by 80, they were up 80 to 44. I mean, <laughs> I haven't seen a BC team 
blow out a team like that in a while, man. Like, normally they play down to the competition. And they might, you know, they might pull away at the end. But this was, like, not close from the start. And you got to like what, you know, Langford has done. Um, they got some sides with Quentin Post and Justin Vanderbond. Justin Vanderbond's another get locally that I liked. They got another guy that I like as well as uh, Gianni, Gianni Thompson, which I covered him as well. He was on my um, Rims and Nets top 100 last year. And BC's been, you know, kind of had some underrated recruits of late that definitely have um, definitely can kind of turn the tide for this program. You just thought, like, oh, you lost all these players, you know, to the transfer portal when Christian left. But they're right there, you know, making some moves early on, beating these, you know, teams that they're supposed to beat by a lot. You know, you lose Winston Tab and and I'm trying to think of the last. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, trying to think of the. Um, their leading scorer last year, I think his name was Heath. So yeah, Heath. He was the he was a guard last year for BC. He led them in scoring. But uh, that just tells you I wasn't watching a lot of BC last year. But BC's definitely a team that I do you know cover. Or really, I was mostly a fan. You know when they were definitely. A team to be reckoned with. I would catch a game here and there last year, but it wasn't like it was a regular thing. So that's why I didn't really know a ton about them. And plus, I was, like I said, off for a year on this whole thing. So I didn't really get into a deep dive on it like that. But, anyways, they're playing well. So just keep an eye on BC. They're doing good. We'll have to see how well the success. And see if this success will continue for them. Another team that, um, which I like as well, um, Vermont. They just won against uh, URI. Uh, excuse me. They they just beat. They just beat. Uh, you what? U and I, University of Northern Iowa. So that was a big win for them. Um, on the road at that, that's, you know, as we all know, tournament time, U and I is like a team that is very successful. Um, they got like a program where they have a coach there for a long time. So their, their program's been very good. So Vermont to do what they were doing, to beat a team like that is pretty good, man. And they were and they were up by a lot of points. So for them to even do that, I uh, definitely have to give them a lot of credit for that. I just I have them listed at number four on my list, on the top ten list, and mainly because they have um, the coaching. They have a, a good coach. They have. Uh, the returning um, American East Player of the Year and Ryan Davis. They have a good guard in Ben Ben Shugru. 
So, and then they have a lot of senior uh, seniors on the team, a, a veteran team as well. They also got my guy that I covered, uh, Michelle. I can't even say his name, but he's uh, he's, from, he's from Vermont, and he's literally probably I think he was like uh, the top high school player in Vermont. I think he won Gatorade Player of the Year in Vermont. Uh, Michelle. Anybody in Vermont knows what I'm talking about. Michelle Nardishaway. It's it's a very tough name to say. It's it starts it starts with an N and a D. Uh, I probably should have prepped it before I even got on here, but I didn't. But anyways, just bad radio, but whatever. Um, I think Vermont is definitely a team to beat, man. Um, in the American East, and they usually are every year. Look out for them to do some damage, as long as Ryan Davis. And think about this. What makes that win even more impressive is that Ryan Davis wasn't even playing. He was not, he was uh, technically, he's sick right now. So hopefully they can get him back because they have a tough game against Maryland tomorrow. It's at 2 p.m. tomorrow. So that's going to be um, rough if they can't get Ryan Davis back. They probably will have a tough time on the road beating a tough Maryland Terrapins team um, without him. So hopefully they can get him back. If not, then even if they compete with the Terrapins, that would be a good sign that they'll easily win the American East. They're definitely going to be in a good position come March to win to um, get themselves another NCAA tournament bid. I'm just just taking a drink. But, um... Alright, to wrap it up, as far as, like, college basketball goes... I'm really impressed the way your URI has been playing. Um, uh, uh, what was I say? They got a lot of pieces as well. As far as the athleticism, they're very athletic. Um, they're, they just started the year 2-0. They beat Bryant just recently in the, uh, the, Sunshine, um, the Sunshine Slam Classic. Which is pretty much all the local teams playing against each other. It, I mean, Matt, you know, I think BC just played Holy Cross, and that was part of it as well. And um, so that was a you know pretty much the those are two of the top teams in Rhode Island. You know, behind Providence. If you want to put down Brown, you can put down Brown as well. I think Brown is maybe. Let's say Brown is maybe slightly better than Bryant. As even though I rated, I you know what? Excuse me, I, I I made a mistake. I really think Bryant is better than Brown because here's why I say that. Because even though Brown is a deep team in the Ivy League and all that, I just think Bryant has some top end talent on their team. 
even though they didn't look good tonight, if anyone checked the score, they, they lost by 20 to um, URI. And I know it's about URI right now, but I'm just trying to just make this quick note about Bryant. I think Bryant has got some uh, a player in Peter Kiss that uh, this guy is... If he would have played against uh, URI tonight, uh, he would have he made a difference in the game. He would have definitely made a difference. And I just think they were... Um, they were just outmatched because of the, the size and athleticism URI. And I think Charles Pride had a great game. He had like 20, 20-something points. I think he had, he had like 25 points or so. Like he, he really was aggressive the past two games to kind of replace, you know, what they're missing with Peter Kiss. So, I mean, if you got him and you got Pride and you have – a few other guys that I like as well. I mean, they're, they're pretty good, man. Erickson Bonds, he, I covered him. He plays for Bryant. Um, he's one of the top players in Rhode Island, top scorers in Rhode Island. So, as far as, like, you know, high school prep. So, I mean, you, you got to... You got to um, keep an eye on Bryant as far as them winning the NEC. But I just wanted to make that quick note about Bryant. But as far as URI, the Mitchell brothers is what is pretty much the core of their team. The Mitchell brothers, Antoine Walker, the DC connection. They got all these players from DC. Um, Jeremy Shepard is a stud guard player. He, he's from Virginia. Um, he's a he's a senior. He was an EC. ECU transfer that transferred to URI about two years ago, and he's definitely been successful the past two uh, seasons. Well, coming into this will be his second year at URI. It um, so I mean, like like I said, you combine those pieces, URI is a, definitely a top team to be um, in the Atlantic Ten. And then also, I would have to say, like, UMass, keep an eye on them. I think they're playing against Yale tomorrow, so keep an eye on that. That's going to be a big game against Yale, as Yale's another team in Connecticut in the Ivy League. We all know Yale has some pieces. Azar Slane is special. Uh, so keep an eye on Yale as well. If Yale's projected to win the Ivy League this year, but it's pretty close. It's pretty much wide open this year. Harvard's obviously a team that I'm leaning towards is like a top team. I think Harvard's slightly better than Yale. I like them because of their coaching. I like them because of their system, their continuity. Um, Noah Kirkwood is probably one of the better players in the conference. Um, Chris Ledlam Chris is, is a beast. He's like 6'6", 220. Looks like a linebacker out there playing basketball. So, like, he could just literally just slash to the rim and, you know, use his body to, you know, create a lot of opportunities for himself with his strength. So, and then they could shoot. Like, yeah, Cole Kirkwood's a very good shooter as well. They got a lot of other good shooters. So, I mean, 
And then Yale, I think they got a lot of athleticism as well. They got a few uh, young guys that are very athletic to get up and down the floor and transition. So those are the two teams I would say that are definitely going to like headline the Ivy League. And they also made that top ten list. So that's a quick summary on you know what's going on with the co- locally in the college basketball realm. Um, let's kind of to wrap up the show. Let's get into a few college football picks. Let's get into it. And we're gonna make it quick because I definitely, as you can see, I'm definitely been kind of. <laughs> like I said. It's not the best quality, guys. Like, I have to admit, like, I'm not even... It's not the quality I would think I'd want to have my podcast, but it's it's just it's just lagging today. Um, just the schedules just hasn't been... I wanted, I wanted to fit my podcast in a couple of days ago, but then I had a few long days at work, so... It definitely made things tougher for me to really kind of have the best quality. Because sometimes I like to do it early in the day. Usually I like to do it on a Sunday. Like Sunday is probably the most ideal day to do a podcast for me because I'm more energized. I'm more like I didn't have like a whole day. And I'm literally like I'm not a coffee drinker. So like I literally just drink was drinking an energy drink just to get through this segment because... After the after the Celtic game, I was kind of getting drowsy and getting kind of ready to like kind of just sh- shut down. But I kind of just pushed it through just to get this in. But um, so let me just pull up. Just give me a sec. Let me just pull up some of these college football picks that I have. Cincinnati one. Interesting. It's just in Cincinnati's number two, but they they're not even even touching the um, college football playoff. So weird. They're ranked. No, it's um, this is just my rant. That I just this is my rant. How are they gonna put Cincinnati at number two? They're ten and zero, but they're number five in the play, college football playoff. Like this. That is the most criminal thing I've ever seen. Like it's like it's like they don't want Cincinnati to be in the college football playoff. Like they just purposely leave them out of every college football playoff. But yet they rank them number two in in the top twenty five. They gotta at least reward Cincinnati. If Cincinnati is undefeated, they gotta at least reward Cincinnati, bro. Like they, you can't just like just leave them out of the college football playoff. Like, just because their schedule is not, doesn't compare to Alabama or doesn't compare to an SEC team or a, or a Big 12 team or or, or um, a Pac-12 team or a Big 10 team. Like, you still have to reward them because of the success that they had even last year because they proved it that they can compete with Georgia. They proved that they compete with Georgia last year. So it's like, I mean... What what do they got to do to prove themselves? They can't help their situation that they play in a weaker conference. Like they just happen to play in a weaker conference, but they're still a good team. Why 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 punish them because they play in a weak conference? 
Like if they if they're winning their games, they're and they're twelve and zero. Why does teams that have two losses or even one loss jump over them in the college football playoff? I just think that doesn't make any sense. I'm kind of just like worried that Texas A and M if they st- if they continue to win, they like ten and two. I think if it came down to it, and they, Texas A and M was six and Cincinnati was five, and it came down to the last weekend, I think the Texas A and M would. Let's just say Alabama loses, or let's just say Georgia loses the SEC championship game. I think Texas A&M will literally like jeep, leapfrog. If A&M goes undefeated the rest of the way, I feel like A&M will leapfrog Cincinnati for the fourth spot. If, if it came down, if, if it was like five and six, and Cincinnati's five and, and A&M was six, A&M would probably leapfrog them. I mean, that's how like, that's how like, so like, like so SEC centric they are it's just like they'll reward an SEC team over any American team American conference team cause it's just like well because they beat Alabama you have to put them in there and like bro Alabama is not the same Alabama team bro like they're they're good but they're not like an elite Al- they're I ain't gonna lie I can't say that they're not that they're not elite but they have kinks in their armor like they're they're not a team that's like, 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 a, like, you know how Alabama teams are just like so like, like how do you beat Alabama? How do you beat that team? Like Alabama will be like that good sometimes. Like they'll their defense will be top five in the in the nation. They'll have like a a top five rush de- rush offense where they can control the ball and control the clock and manage the game. Their quarterbacks make timely throws. Not this year. This year is, you know, they're they're kind of human on the offensive, their offensive end. They're not the most skilled offensive team out there. There's actually teams that are better offensively than they are, and they have, you know, they do have some good skill players, but their quarterback isn't the best. Alabama quarterback. He does make mistakes. He does turn the ball over. He does fumble. Like he's not. You know what I'm saying? He's not perfect. I think a lot of Alabama quarterbacks in the past, they're like, they don't make mistakes. They never made mistakes. So this guy was, you know, Bryce Young. He does make some mistakes. So they're not perfect. They have, they have, you know, they have ways where they can definitely be beat. And if it came down to it, I think maybe Cincinnati would give them a run for their money. And that's what's kind of annoying is that Alabama can leapfrog over Cincinnati. And a lot of these other one-loss teams can leapfrog Cincinnati. But that's just my rant. I just wanted to rant about that because it's just, like, so annoying to me. As we see Cincinnati look good as they put up 45 points on this I think they played on Thursday, Friday. Sorry, just trying to like. I have these picks. I'm trying to find. Well, 
for one, I'm gonna give you one pick. I got Michigan beating Penn State, obviously. <laughs> Oklahoma versus Baylor. This will be an interesting game. Uh, obviously, Alabama's gonna win that game. They're playing against New Mexico State. But I have Alabama versus, excuse me, I have Oklahoma over Baylor. Oh my god, dude. Why is it so ags? It's so aggy, never mind. But I have Oklahoma versus Baylor. Um, you know, Baylor's good, but they're not great. I don't think they're a great team. I think Oklahoma's I think Oklahoma's teetering to an elite team because of their skill skill players. They got a lot of good skill players. They've got a good running game. They they can throw the ball down the field. Their defense is eh, okay, but it's not like they're not elite. I think offensively they have the elite talent on the offensive end. And I think they'll be the score a lot of points against Baylor. I don't think Baylor's defense is really anything special. I just think Baylor's just... They lost two games this year, but, you know... For some reason, they're 13th in the country. But, uh... How about this game? Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. Um, Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M, like I said, I think they'll probably be undefeated the rest of the way. Um, they have very good running backs. Their defense is absolutely nasty. Especially their front seven. Their front seven is nasty. So, definitely A&M, folks. Like, Texas A&M wins that. Golden, uh, I was going to say Golden Corral, Matt Corral. Matt Corral for Ole Miss is good, but like I said, that defense for Texas A&M is lethal, bro. They are lethal. They did what they did to Auburn last week was was crazy. I mean, they really shut them down. It was a low scoring game. That was an ugly game, but just tells you how good A&M is, man. Like they're a really good football team. They really are. I don't know what happened early in the season, but they, they're they're definitely a better team now. Beat Alabama, you're definitely a good team. NC State versus Wake. Wake lost last week. I liked what NC State did to BC. I, w- I watched the, the uh, NC State beat BC early in the year. They're a pretty good uh, football team. Two losses, though. But I like Wake because they can they can score, man. I mean, even though they lost last week, they looked good losing. Their their defense was not that good, but their offense is really good. Like, um, their quarterback has gotten so, uh, uh, so, so good. Like Hartman, I remember watching Hartman a couple years ago. I think he played against BC a couple years ago. I mean, Wake Forest plays BC every year, but. Uh, he wasn't good at all. <laughs> like, he was just average. So it's just an average quarterback. And this guy is, like, like one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. So it's, like, it's good to see the his skill level completely went from an average quarterback to, like, a top-end quarterback in college. That's crazy. 
it's a crazy transformation from him. And then And I think that's pretty much it, man. Probably the biggest game is Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. And then Oakland versus Baylor. It's not really a crazy Saturday. But, um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. I kind of just was rambling at the end. But, obviously, you all know I'm, I'm pretty passionate about college, uh, college football and college basketball. But more so college football. Like, I'm, that's pretty much my passion, but you know, behind you know, basketball. But anyways, uh, this is Rob Marsh. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. Check me out for another episode sometime in the upcoming weeks. I'm out. Peace.